faces on the episode today although uh we're not all in the best mood because free kickers have really had a rough round six i might just kick it off with my beautiful fall from grace i went from top 100 for five weeks straight down to 164th many mistakes were made to lead to that score which we'll talk about later yeah and a round rank in the thousands so not great what about you guys? Uh, you got to throw to one of us in particular. Do you want to? Do you want to pick someone? I can jump in. That that works fine. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jono? Uh, I've jumped in with a one thousand one hundred and eight this week, which is not ideal, but it has kept me, I suppose, only a little bit outside of the top hundred, which you know is okay. I was expecting a slide considering I had a donut on my field, so yeah. Like my my score is worse than Jono's, and I had everyone playing, <laughs> so I had a ten fifty six. I've dropped to 934th overall, round rank basically 1,500. My team is just crap. I only have myself to blame, but it is it is crap. How about you, Will? Well, I mean, I've actually top scored out of a lot of us this week, and that just says how bad we've gone because <laughs> my score's nothing to write home about. I scored a 1,118, round rank of 835, so I've basically held rank, which is basically impressive for how we've gone this week so i'm still sitting around 570 uh so yeah pretty rough week for a lot of us yeah look not great and it was a low scoring round overall because i believe the highest scorer this round was oh no i thought they were in the 1200s and i was going to feel better about myself but uh we had pressure point come in first on 1300 live reacting there but i think the the skewing of that there was quite a few lower scores as well Going on to our plus or minus threes, Jono, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, this is um, a little lesson to us now that for the last round and the next three rounds coming, we're actually going to get teams on a Friday night and have about half an hour to do our trades. I need to make sure I keep that time clear because I was driving uh, at the time last week and unfortunately I got out of my car to discover that two of my forwards were omitted. You had Ellie McKenzie go down with injury, Christina Bernardi, who I just traded in as a donut (laughs) on my bench. Uh, and because I'm using the utility loophole as my ruck, I ended up with uh, only the four forwards this week. So Ouch. it's probably for myself or Bozelli McKenzie for that. But at the end of the day, I'm probably going to give it to Maria Maloney because she's thrown up a 24 in my midfield and that's just not quite good enough. Look, you say getting a donut on your field is pretty annoying. I've got to say that's uh, that's one point better than what happened to me because I had Paige Scott. So I would have actually preferred a donut than a negative one. But anyway. A minus one is so rough. <laughs> Can't say I watched a full game, so I'm not really sure what attributed to that. Coming off such a high from her previous weeks, uh, pretty disappointing to have that on field. But I'm probably going to hold her because I think she'll bounce back. Liam? I think I think you can put down that down to the Bombers really struggling to get the ball in her forward line. And it would appear that Paige Scott just becomes very angry when that doesn't happen. And so as a result, just gives away free kicks like they're going out of fashion perspective. I love the... The show of intent just needed in a more constructive fashion. Good from a uh, team point of view, not a fantasy point of view, you'd say, Liam. Mm. Correct. Here's your negative three for Liam. I did my rant last week about it negative three being me, so I'm not going to do that. But I am going to give my negative three to Chloe Malloy, who was a target for a lot of people coming into... 
what should have been an easier matchup given what St Kilda had done against Geelong the week before and just throws up her worst score of the season after we talked to the fact that you know in her new role her lower scores were only ever going to be in the high 50s she's pumped out a juicy 43 as a primo forward that's just not good enough yeah before we move on from that though do you want to just tell the masses exactly what who you traded out this week? Yeah, no, this is great for me. Um, so if, if for those of you that don't remember, in the past two weeks, I've traded out one of the rising stars. So two weeks ago, it was high score of the round, Abby Dowry. Last round, it was, uh, it was Jazz Fleming. So this week, I finally managed to get rid of the black hole at my M3 being Emily Peace, and lo and bloody behold, she <laughs> is the rising star. She was on something like 30 points after like four minutes of the game and I was having a conniption like I was just uh, it was like the first game on the Saturday so it was three games in I was just like you know what I'm done I'm actually I'm good I'm good without AFLW fantasy for at least another four hours because by god it is painful I just love that you were like there was a flurry of angry upset messages and then you just didn't look at anything for yeah. the rest of the quarter before you jumped back <laughs> you just into the group chat. You were just, just so upset. <laughs> he was gone. I just, I just, I, I maintain that just so many times throughout the season, I have made the right trade and I have just been cursed by the gods to pick the player who gets a rising star and who's like an up-and-comer. It's been so frustrating. Well, you know what they say, right trade, wrong time is still a wrong trade, so... Mm. Sorry to be you, my friend. Oh yeah, you said you sound very sorry. <laughs> oh yes, I got the same voice from John who was asked like John was host last week, being like, "Oh well, that's tough for you." <laughs> moving well, on, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I was similar. I would have given my minus three to Malloy as well. I had to do a panicked trade with ten minutes left and thought, you know what, I can get Malloy. I'll bring her in. Fantastic, and she wasn't a great uh, replacement for Mackenzie. Still better than a zero, obviously, but forty-three not ideal. But my minus three goes for a player to a player that a lot of people have and will be looking to move out, and that is Molly Eastman. Unfortunately, her role has pretty much dried up. She's scored forty, forty, thirty the last couple of weeks. I think she's one that needs to be moved on. Well, let's move on to a happier note here, maybe with our positive threes or plus threes. Sorry, um. Yes, he has. I don't think his internet's working. I'm giving my plus three this week to Tachimaya Sagetti because as I had a, a last-minute out that I did not see in uh, Mackenzie, she came on as my F5, and she did pretty good. Um, she'd been on my bench for a while, so I kind of stopped paying too much attention to how she was going. But no, she came through for me. Pretty happy with that. Um, and I'm going to give a second plus three to Smith, uh, Tamara Smith, who has been with me since round one and is just very consistent, doing great things. Uh, very happy to have her in my team and I'm planning on holding her until, probably until the end of the season. She'll be one of those ones that stays with me because she's just doing fantastic. Jono? No. Liam, what about you? I'm just, I think I can just give Anne Hatchard plus three every week. She's just that good. I know she didn't hit the same ceiling and it wasn't what I predicted for the captains, but 100 plus every week, she was always someone that I thought would be good this season. I didn't think she was ever going to hit low scores again. And as it turns out, she is the rock and the most consistent player in this game. Well, Yeah, I give my plus three to my other last minute inclusion by having to replace Ellie McKenzie. I couldn't get up to the rock Hatchard. 
so I had to go for a cheaper option. I went for Hayley Miller, who scored a very respectable 88 as a very last-minute inclusion, so thank you, Hayley Miller. And circling back, Jono, are you ready to talk this time? Yep. No, I'm loving my consistent internet <laughs> issues that I've been having. Uh, I'm going to have to give my plus three to Jazz Garner because she's been performing too well this season to not to not earn one. And quite frankly, 114 after a very, very grim Saturday and Sunday watching, absolutely deserved it. 114, ever consistent, great way to finish the round. I agree. If I had her, she'd get a plus three. But uh, I was spewing watching her rack up the points on Sunday. I must, I must say, we were most of us were there live on Sunday, and that was about the only thing kind of keeping me going, knowing how bad my team was. And what was even better, though, even though I was happy that Skarna was scoring well, the thing that really tinged it with sadness is Sydney, in their infinite wisdom, decided they'd have Montana Ham try and tag Jazz Garner. And I don't think Montana Ham has ever tagged anybody in her playing career. That is someone who has clearly been the best player on every single team they've ever played on. And actually, Jazz Garner managed to score more points than I've seen her do before because Ham would then touch the ball first, Garner would get the tackle a whole bunch of times to get the free kick for the holding the ball. She is an excellent fantasy player. And also, like, a mini minus three to Sydney's coaches for just changing roles every 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, that made it kind of hard. Looking at who's coming first overall, we've got Chicks with D. Am I reading that correctly? Okay, well, Chicks with D, well done. Uh, You're our new leader. Interesting name aside, uh, huge score and really starting to get a bit upsetting when we look at uh, 7,247 and just how far ahead that is from where we're sitting. But no, great game, well done. Overall, 100th is Girls Light Up with 6,968. So probably a good captain and a a few primos behind first spot, but that gap between 100th and first is definitely widening um, and getting a little bit scary how how hard we're going to have to play to catch up, uh, (laughs) even to 100th there. So time to make some good trades. I think one of the things I like about this round, though, is that usually, you know, if you want to stay within the top 100, you have to be in the top, 250 for the round every round and this week it was outside 500 it really makes it a bit of a, an equalizer around these ones where you know the top teams go badly and everyone goes badly it gives people a chance with some unique formations to get back in it a little bit so i think we're we're still in for a chance of another four rounds like this and you know there's a good chance for anyone to catch up still I just wish that unique formation was my unique formation <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you well, have a very a unique yeah. formation. It's just not the unique formation. <laughs> so questions in the back line then. Who are we targeting as upgrades? And are we even ready to make any upgrades? Is that where we're going to be putting our cash if we have any? Usually I wouldn't say that we'd be making upgrades in the back line. But with a few players starting to fail us back there, it might be the time. And I think the real question here is Molly Eastman. She's owned by most coaches in the top 100 and... You know, most coaches across the country is one of the most highly owned players there is. I think after a 32, after a couple 40s, it might be time to move her on. Yeah, I think Eastman's a really interesting one because she's at that price where you still need a bit of money to get up to a, a premium option. Or you could use her if you've got other options to move her straight down and get a whole lot of money. So the way you do that's going to change the way your trade structure works. But there are still quite a few pretty decent options in that back line that you can target if you are looking for the upgrade that aren't 
too far ahead of what she's priced at. And there's also a few mid-priced ones as well. Jono, who do you think is the player to target? Look, I'd probably go to Katie Lynch. I think that's that's the player in defence that I'm most comfortable with. She's put up very good numbers in the last two, and I see no reason why she can't keep going. I think for for me, I think she's probably even going to pass Emma Carney in the in the top three defenders that you want in your team, to be honest. She's looking very consistent. It's interesting that you do say that you think she'll pass Carney. I have Carney, and I'm probably going to be trading her out this week ahead of Eastman, just because I know Eastman's not doing particularly well, but Carney has a lot of money sitting on her uh, to then also not be doing particularly well. And I'm having a look at this list, and I know that this says upgrade, but I'm kind of almost viewing these as sideways slash downgrades uh, potentials, if anyone else has Carney as well just because you could probably get very similar points and save yourself a, a couple of grand to then maybe move elsewhere. My one caveat to that is the matchup for defenders this week for Carney is much better than last week. So she's gone from Sydney, this most recent round, where she was lucky to get above 40. She then goes into Brisbane, where I anticipate the ball will be back there a lot more. If you were looking at trading her out, a round eight trade would make a bit of sense as they go up against Port Adelaide. She had um, a tag on her in this past match, didn't she, Carney, from Brody Kennedy? A little bit, but a lot of it was basically she was just standing at the back of the 50 watching the ball sit in North Melbourne's forward line. So it was probably the easiest yeah. tag Brody Kennedy's had because it was very easy to stop Carney getting the ball because the ball didn't go anywhere near her. And to be yeah. honest, part of the reason she was even able to get above 40 is in the fourth quarter, she even jumped into a couple of CBAs. I actually 100% reckon she was bored and decided to move in there. That was the captain's call. Yep. She just said, you know what? I'm going to put <laughs> myself on ball and just rack up a few nice late disposals. You were um, excited about Georgia Garnett in the group chat earlier this week, Liam. Yeah, she is a very, very interesting player. I can't think that she's not particularly tall, but she is the key marketing marking target for GWS. Now, the, the, the big thing with... Uh, with Carlton is they really didn't have a matchup who could go for the kind of endurance running that Garnett had, and she was just racking up all of these marks on the wing. I still think that she's priced at a, at a figure where there, there is going to still be some value. So she's priced at 58, uh, so that's 84500 and she's got a break-even of 44. So it's probably only going to get more expensive from here. In terms of the run as well, I really do like GWS's upcoming run. They do go up against Collingwood, but again, I don't think there's necessarily a, a forward that has the endurance running. So I think she kind of fits in that awkward middle bracket and then has matchups against Hawthorne and then against Richmond as well. I think she's definitely worthwhile considering as because I, th- I think that there are like three different price points you could bring these players in at. There's Katie Lynch, who's a primo. You've got Garnett, who's sitting at a you know priced at a fifty-eight, and then you've got two. I'd say two or two options who are priced in that kind of forty range in Kate Lutkins and Ash Brazel. Okay, uh, who was keen on Bess Keeney? I was quite keen on Bess Keeney based on her last couple of weeks. She's posted two eighties, so similar to Garnett, a little bit cheaper. The one concern for her is she has had a few very low scores this year, 20 in round three against Brisbane, to be fair, when they got absolutely flogged. Um, but she is another option if you are looking for an upgrade for Eastman and you don't quite have the money to get up to someone like a Garnet. I don't mind the option of, of Beskini at 72 and a half grand. I remember being keen on her 
someone called Keeney earlier, and I was like, I wonder if that's the same one. But it's Elizabeth Keeney. I was like, who's Bess? They're the same person. I gotcha. <laughs> well, I'll just default to what I mentioned like three pods ago. Uh, yeah, I reckon she'd be a good one. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming back around to your call of Bess Keeney. I think the thing about it is when you mentioned Bess Keeney, I think the week after might have been the week she scored the twenty. So. <laughs> yeah. Look. Again, if the, if the timing's not right, the call's still wrong. But yeah. But now the call might be right because she scored 280s in a row. And I think Gold Coast have got a fairly decent draw to run home as well. Um, Playing a bit more in the midfield, a bit on the wing. So, as I said, not a bad option if you can't quite get the extra 10k you need to get up to someone like a Garnet. What are you expecting her to score? I think it's uh, not out of the possibility that she could average a 70 from here in. I think that that would make her a good value pick. I think more likely she'll be probably less consistent than a Garnet, so she'll probably score a couple of 80s, maybe drop down to a, a 40 or so, which makes her a less attractive option. But I think an average of at least 60 from here on in is probably a fair assessment. Would you pick her over Brazil? No, I'd probably pick Ash Brazil if I was going for a, a best Keeney. I'd probably just say, well, I may as well just slide straight across. There's only $100 difference between Eastman and Brazil. Brazil looked really good in the last couple of weeks. I don't think Brazil has the ceiling that Keeney does. Keeney, as I said, scored 280s in the last few weeks, but I think she'll probably consistently score around that 60 mark. So you'll again be able to save another 7 or so grand. I like it. Should we move on to the midfielders? To the midfield. Let's go. We've got a fun list here of midfielders where you might want to move on. Um, Some very controversial names on here. Uh, I suspect that Pretty much everyone listening is going to have one of these players. Bates, Tilly Lucas-Rod, Riddell, Lamb, and Conti. Who has Bates? Does anyone here have Bates? No. I was considering bringing Bates in this week. You were, which is particularly funny given she's on our move-on list. <laughs> yeah, it's potential move-on. And the reason I was thinking about it is because I think she's lost a little bit of money and... Emily Bates is too good a player to stay down like that. I think she could be in for a big end to the year. Um, the same time, last three average of 75 isn't fantastic. Yeah, I think with these players, the question is, are they have they just had a down couple of weeks and they're going to bounce back? Or is this what they're going to be for the rest of the year, right? Because it's like for some of them, I'm thinking this, this could just be what they do. Uh, for example, I think, Tilly Lucas-Rod is really worrying me. She's not looking like she's getting anywhere near as much of the ball as she got early. And the tackling load at Hawthorne's being shared a lot more. The other midfielders have stepped it up in the past few weeks. Much to the disappointment of Liam, the one who's actually picked up a lot of those points in recent weeks has been Jazz Fleming, actually. Well, she's been in, a, in really good form, and that's really hurting Tilly Lucas-Rod. That, thankfully, that wasn't true of last round. But yes, in the, the two weeks prior, it had been Jazz Fleming yeah. who'd, who'd really bulked it up. And I think in terms of the tackling itself, the problem is that's that's what Tam Smith's job is in the midfield. She just tackles everything that moves. And and the best thing of all is that this new midfield mix, it's the same players but doing slightly different roles. It's working. And the Hawks have won two in a row. I don't have to worry yeah. about my yeah. fantasy so, team. I'm on top of the world. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those things where, unfortunately, if you're an owner of TLR, you're probably feeling a bit concerned because in two wins, she hasn't done a whole lot. So the role's unlikely to change. So I think for me, Lucas Rod's one that if you can make a sideways movement to someone like a, a Bowers or even up to like a Hatchard or a Marinoff, I think that's not a bad 
not a bad call, but there's a fair bit of money needed to do that. The only thing that holds me back on that is that the Hawks have the the best probably run of any team left in the comp. We've got Port Adelaide this coming weekend and then GWS after that, both of which I think are pretty soft matchups from a fantasy point point of view. True, but West Coast was a pretty soft matchup and Hawthorne was a pretty soft matchup and sorry, Hawthorne True. Sydney was a pretty soft matchup and still didn't manage to go big in those ones either, so I think the the big thing as well is that the rise of Jazz Fleming as a possessor in the midfield has directly correlated with fewer possessions for, for Tilly, who's only had twelve and fourteen in the last few games. And it, it really kind of puts into stark contrast what she was doing last season, pretty consistently hitting above twenty possessions for St Kilda. I just don't know if the Hawthorne game style really suits her game style and the way she was playing at St Kilda last year. It, it has to be much more like run and gun. And Tilly is someone who can really kind of accumulate a lot of possessions in one go, but would prefer a scrappier game style. So the highest priced uh, player that we've got in this pile is oh, Ashwedell. No. <laughs> oh, no. She's only owned by two players in the top 100. Um, she's lost a total of 41 grand so far. So... And most importantly, <laughs> she's in Will's team. Yeah. Will, what are you going to do? I know that we discussed this at length at the uh, the North game. What are you going to do? Well, I was strongly considering trading her out, but I think I'm just going to hold her now because she's still averaging around the 80 mark, which isn't terrible. It's not. It's not terrible. I think with this one, she's now lost so many points, so much money that I almost just have to cop that out. But yeah, for me, Riddell, if you've got her... Unless you've got the luxury to move her upwards, I'm unfortunately going to have to stick with her. My move this week is to try and bring in someone else to try and mitigate the loss and spread the midfield load a bit. Yeah, I think the issue here is that if if you're outside the top 100, you're more likely to have Riddell than if, you've, if you're in the 100. No one in the 100 has Riddell aside from, what, two people. So if, if you're trying to get back in, bringing in either Marinoff or Hatchard is, is just... It's not going to do the job. Yeah, you need you need them to have a down week whenever they come up against Brisbane or Fremantle this weekend and have someone at North go off. Like, that's that's your unique play if you're in the position you're in. We're, we're very much getting towards the end of the season and top 100 ownership matters if that's what you're chasing. I'm pretty disappointed to see Conti on there. Not that I've owned her at all this season. I just love her. Her and <laughs> Lamb have also suffered. Lamb more so. But her and Lamb have also suffered from a... Uh, decreasing last three round average would you be trading these guys out Jono? I think I would trade Lamb but I would hold on to Conti would be my play I think Lamb's put up some some very low scores in the past two weeks I don't see it coming back at least with Conti you've got a fairly easy fixture to sort of give her that opportunity and we know that Conti is a superstar she's going to be chasing a best and fairest this year so she's she's definitely going to keep pushing all the way to the end of the season I know that Kirsty Lamb's going to be you know, looking to make finals with the Bulldogs, but I don't. I don't think she's the play anymore. So, I, out of this list, I would be happy to trade Tilly Lucas Rod or Lamb, and the other three, I think I would hold. Yep. What though, if you needed to trade one of those guys to get in Bowers, to Bowers or not to Bowers? Back again, repeat <sighs> <laughs> uh, segment. Fifth, uh, fifth, sixth time that this segment has come up. Yeah, look, all we had to do here was update the stats. She's now had a season average of 99, priced at 108. She's moved back up in price a little bit, which is actually very exciting because she got down to a break-even that was manageable for her. 
First week she's beaten her break even, yeah. Yes, exactly. Her break even was high, but still manageable for her bowers. Uh, so she's made a little bit of money. What do we think? Does anyone have money in the bank from last week? This is so triggering for me because two weeks in a row, I'm not going to be doing trades to get the midfielder I want. Because as much as I want to get bowers in this week, I think I have to try something different. Mm. <laughs> After missing out on Hatchard last week, I'm just uh, tearing my hair out because my midfield is just not working for me this year. I don't think this is the week to bring in Bowers going up against Adelaide. I think that that's a very difficult matchup. I think that Melbourne was a tough matchup and she knocked it out of the park. And that was Bowers. Bowers was back. She was she did that 127 on the weekend. She didn't do that on the back of tackles like she did the previous fortnight. She did that on the back of touches and even goals. She looked back. I'm all aboard. Four weeks to go. We know that two of them are easy. I think she could be the midfielder to have for the rest of the season. Just quickly, fun fact, Kiara Bowers has never not scored 100 against Adelaide. There you go. Sounds like we're back in Bowersness. <laughs> so i got to log off now, guys. Nice chat. Mel, we're, um, Mel we're just going to kick you off the uh, the free kick group chat. I'm going to lose can... my hosting responsibilities if I do that again. No, no, Mel, more of that, please. Someone out there enjoys my random puns. I loved it. I loved it. Oh. All right, but re- realistically, <laughs> I think that Bowers is probably now going to maintain, if not go up in price, depending on how she goes. I think there is the point that Adelaide is a tough matchup. So I think if any round in the remaining bunch of matches she will drop will be this one. But at the same time, I think that if you can afford to get her in now, her end to the season is very favourable. I don't think it's that bad an idea if you can do it. She's definitely going to be able to make her break even of 88 going forward. So It's interesting you say that, Will, because you can afford to get her in. You can do it this week. All you have to do is press those <laughs> yeah, buttons. Yeah, I do. I believe in you. You can press those buttons. <laughs> You're looking for a midfield upgrade. You have the money. You don't need to make that many sacrifices at the other end. In true Will form, I'm going to give some fantastic advice and then do something completely different which will just screw my team over so look forward to that one guys very good stuff i'll I'll be playing around with my trades a lot this week and bowers will be in several iterations of them i will say that hopefully the last one too shall we move on to who we think is better value out of some competing players here uh i'm liam liam i'm sure that you're already thinking about this every week for your captain's article but uh hatchard v marinoff Oh, I think it probably is Marinoff based on her current form. As much as I would want, I want to say it's Hatchard because I know she's the one in my team, and I don't have basically any other uber primo. But I think just the the tackling form that that Marinoff is in, she's had double digit tackles in every single game this year outside of one. Uh, she's just in ripping ripping form. Well, I know you were talking about Robottom this week. Yeah, Robottom's the one that I'm considering to pick if I don't go for Bowers. She's been in very, very good form, averaging nearly 100 and is 30k cheaper than Bowers. I'm just wondering if that's going to help me upgrade someone else next week. Uh, so that's, I really like the option of uh, Charlie Robottom. Mm, absolutely. Jonna, what about your girl, Hayley Miller? Oh, I think I think we've got another good value Frio player here. I think she's going to struggle a little bit more against the Crows, and then uh, who she got the following week? Collingwood after that, but coming home very very strong. I think you make 
very few upgrades to your midfield. So if you're bringing them in, I wouldn't look at the, you know, this this one round come and I look at the next four and we know that it's going to be an easy finish. So I, I think she looks like she's back yep. in good form. Yeah. That's did you bring her in last week, Will? Yes, I did. And I'm very happy for that finish to have her now. I think she's just about at the bottom of where she'll be priced, which was why I did pick her. So I'm hopeful that she'll continue her resurgence in form and finish the year strongly. Who would you pick, Will, out of Miller and Robottom if you didn't already have Miller? Uh, I would pick Miller if I didn't have Robottom. I just think that the end of her season makes her such a great option to to get on the basis that we would assume she's going to score well against those expansion teams at the end of the year. Uh, so Miller would be the option. But having already picked Miller, I might even have both by the uh, time work mm. kicks off. That'd be so nice. We'll see what happens. One we've been looking at and talking about fondly but not actually doing anything about is Amy McDonald. Well, the reason no one's doing anything about it is because I'm the one that always picks Amy McDonald, and <laughs> I haven't had the ability to get her in just yet, and she's one that I could theoretically get this week. Uh, only an 82 against the Bulldogs this week with a season low of 15 disposals, so you wonder whether that's due to Prasparkas' uh, absence because Nina Morrison has moved more into the midfield and seems to be getting a bit more of the ball compared to McDonald. Mm. I think the other thing as well is West, uh, the Western Bulldogs are a fairly restrictive side for, for midfielders. I do believe that uh, they come up against another very restrictive team in Essendon uh, in the next week or so, Geelong, so that may be another one to just put on the back burner. Yeah, yeah which leads over to a player you were tossing up at one stage, Liam. I've had so many sliding doors moments this season and and one of them was tossing up in I believe round three trying to to trade in uh, a defender or Maddie Presparkas. I'm not entirely sure that you'd, you'd want to be trading Maddie in just given she's got a pretty restrictive matchup this week. I'd say if you're looking to trade in Maddie, you bring her in next week. I'm just glad that we're finally happy enough to look at Maddie Prasparkas as an option. For too many weeks, you guys have said, oh, tag threat, not on a high enough ceiling. And then she's put out her two highest scores. I think it's a great time to get her in. I will say this. I'm considering bringing her in with the... If I do go for Robottom, the extra 30 grand that I'll get from that, I might just sit on top of Vabby Dowrick and just say, you know what? I mightn't have any of the Adelaide ones, but I've got five premiums <laughs> in there, so... That's my point of difference. It's interesting that you bring up Dowrick as a trade-out option because I was looking at her as well and I was like, you know what, she's made a lot of money and it might be time to take that off her and put onto someone else. I The only reason I'm keeping her in this week is because they play Hawthorne. And last time they played a bottom-of-the-ladder team, she put up a 130. So ah, that's the don't o- do a Liam is what I'm hearing. Yeah, that's the only reason I'm keeping her. And if she doesn't, score that well this week i will move her on very happily next week if she does score well this week she'll make more money and i'll move her very happily on next week i would just like to say in my defense that her role has not been as good at least <laughs> last week either correct and that's and that's why i was i was truly considering whether she was the player to move out if i move her out to get bowers but as i said Against Hawthorne, even if the role's not ideal, I think she can still put close enough to her break-even, which is now 79, so pretty high. I think she can get close enough to that to at least hold value. And 
hopefully be someone I can trade out later. This this just has yep. doing a Liam written all over it. Keep keep her on the field this week. Just one more round. I'm, I know we're all keen to get your value off field. I'm doing it. That's what I'm doing, Jono. You've you've yeah. you've convinced no, no, me glad. to I'm do glad. it. It was a when I saw your trades were trading around. I actually called you at work just to to stop you. And was like, no, you can't do this. <laughs> for the context for the listeners, I was talking about my trade options before the the prices had all changed. And um, I was like, I really don't know what to do. And I was like, Jono, should I trade out Dowrick? And as he says, he literally called me up at work and was like, well, don't do a Liam. <laughs> Keep her on field. <laughs> Very nice. Um, on the rucks, I was actually thinking maybe there's not much to say here other than if anyone, like most people surely are going for the loophole if they haven't already got it. I'm going to try doing it. I'm doing it this week. I've had Fuller. She's made the money. I knew she was going to have a poor week this week coming up against Edmonds. So I, I was happy to cop the loss there. This week is a week that I'm going to cash her in. Will, Will, why are you trying to play out, trade out players who have the best matchups? You're trying to trade out Abby Dowrick, who has Hawthorne, and then Talia Hickey just scored the second highest score for a ruck of the entire year. Going going up against the bottom. It's because I can't get a midfielder if I don't. <laughs> is the problem? It's a struggle, and I want the midfielder. Then, then, like, uh, who would you? Okay, there's the question. Then, is who's going to score more? Is it Fuller or Tam Smith? Tam Smith against Port Adelaide, I actually quite like. It'll be okay. Yeah. The thing I'm 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 looking long term for this one. I think Tam Smith scores more than Fuller over the next remaining weeks, which is why I'm thinking of doing it. And I think that whoever I bring in by getting rid of Fuller, will be the benefit. I think you're doing it at the right time. You've made a lot of money off her. She, You've held off on the loophole. You brought in Fuller and at a good time when she was quite lowly owned. Great cash gen. Time to put that on top of someone else. I support this. The only thing I'll say uh, is that I copped a donut this week because of the loophole. And that's that's just something that as we're getting towards the end of the season, our benches are getting thinner. So if you've got a non-playing rookie on any particular line, you've got to be so confident that everyone's going to play before you start using the loophole. And it's probably something that I'm going to try and fix up this week. Bernardi was my only, well, non-playing uh, rookie and it's because I traded her in like an idiot. So I think that's one I'm going to make sure this week, that's that's a priority with my trades is to make sure I don't cop another donut. Nice. My recommendation on that, John, is to just not do your trades altogether. Uh, like I did. Because <laughs> that way you can get a minus one, which is even more impressive. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, so Liam's actually, I guess, going all the way back to your original... Wait, what, where were you on the rucks originally? You were first, you were like a primo, and then you were on two rookies, and then you were on r- loophole, and now you're back to non-loophole if you've got fuller? Yeah, but like <laughs> the fuller's not particularly well-owned. But at this stage of the season, you are kind of thinking about timing of trades based on matchups. I know that's ridiculous for me to say, given my luck. But I think we are at that point of the year where if you've got a fuller, you know, who's going to score more? You kind of have to be going. Like, who do you predict to score more? A Tam Smith, a Montana Ham versus a Liv Fuller or a Sarah Lakai? Or if you've paid extra for, you know, a, a Tali Hickey, for example... These are the kind of decisions you need to be starting hmm. about. Makes a lot of sense. You know, you traded, and it's it's good learnings that you've picked up this year, Liam. Derek against Sydney, traded her out. Uh, Fleming against Sydney, traded her out. And now, great advice coming from you. I'm loving it. 
I'm loving it. <laughs> what so do we mad. think about just... having ham as our utility? Because I know. No, I oh, just look so mad. Carry on, carry on. It's fine. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just so disappointed in myself. What do we think about having ham as our utility? Because I don't know about you guys, but watching that game on Sunday, I was she did nothing really until the last quarter. She's obviously very young, uh, tagging for the first time. Like her as a player, still adore and love her journey. But as a utility loophole, I'm not sure. I think she's shown enough in her first few games that I'm not too worried about it. I would be more worried if she had done a great job in tagging Ghana at the very risk of her own score. But since Ghana still went ahead and put up a huge match, I think she picked up another 10 coaches' votes. I don't think they run with that again. They've, they've got other players that can run there. I, I truly think that that was one of the most ill-advised um, choices you're going to see from from any player this year. Putting from any, Ham on from tag. Any club, for, for, for trying to have Montana Ham tag somebody. I like, thought you Montana meant us trading her in. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. Like, oh, okay. How often is Sydney going to want to tag two players as well? Because Kennedy is the clear main tagger and they're running her against Carney up forward. They're not going to be doing that every week. I think that's a... North has some yeah. seriously top-level top talent and then below that it drops away a bit quick. So I don't think that's going to happen with every other team. So I'm hearing yeah. weighted out. Yeah. I like it. Maybe moving on to the forwards now. Do we think... So I'm going to ask... My obvious question here: Do we think Paige Scott's negative one is a once-off? Hopefully, I really sure hope so. It's a once-off, but it's a trade for sure. We've we've been saying for a few weeks now that a roll up forward is poor. You reckon? It's not a it's not a regular role in an expansion team that you want. I would move her on as soon as you can. See, I didn't want to crystallize my recent six grand loss on Paige Scott, so I was actually going to hold her. <laughs> I think I traded her after round three and I was very happy that I did because she hasn't put up a big score since. She's been slowly dropping away from that early start where she was midfield and she hasn't really she hasn't really put up the same numbers since. She is going to be one of the best players in the game, but she's not going to score this season in that particular role is my issue. My big problem is that I've got like five players I want to trade out <laughs> <laughs> and three trades. Mm, okay, interesting. Yeah, this is where I would hold a, an Emma Carney because there's upside and I would trade a Paige Scott instead because there's much less. Mm. Okay, who else? What about Mackenzie? I assume this is if she does play because if she doesn't play, must trade, have to get rid of her. You can't be copying donuts with only four weeks to go. Yeah, that's a lot of money for a zero. If she does come back, I'm probably happy to hold. Uh, I think they've got a pretty comfortable two weeks. They've got West Coast in one of them. And I think the other is Carlton. That's a pretty comfortable two rounds for someone playing on the outside of the contest. Um, Just having a little look at how the ranks of the forwards, uh, based on price at least, have shuffled. Um, we saw a few weeks ago that Mackay was, I believe, second and we had McCarthy right up there. And I know that we said from the get-go that this was going to be something very hard to, to pick here because you've got Garner and then you've got everyone else. But seeing Hanks sit up there as number two, and then you've also got another Melbourne player, Hall, sitting there as number six. Do we think either of these guys are targets this week? Yeah, yeah. Jono? I've been pretty big on Tyler Hanks. I think she started the season quite expensive and has been slowly dropping. And much like Bowers a couple of weeks ago, I think she's finally kind of bottomed out and she's starting to put up some really, really good scores. I think I'm either going to target her or Katie Lynch this week. Not quite sure which one, but probably, probably Hanks. I think I think Hanks is is the player. She's 
she's integral to, to Melbourne playing well. I think the one player that we do need to talk about, if only to strike her off the list, is uh, Gabby O'Sullivan, who, as much as she did have a great game against West Coast, I think that had a lot to do with it being against West Coast. It wasn't the change of role that we would have liked to have seen, and she's immediately come back this past most recent week with a 41. I just don't think that's enough. Yeah, Gabby O'Sullivan, I think we mentioned it possibly last week as well, but She's one that I'm watching very carefully to hopefully lose a bit of money over the next two and then absolutely burst out of the blocks for the last couple against the expansion teams. So she could be a very neat option to pick up later in the season as your one of your final forward upgrades. I like you saying lose a bit of money. She's already lost 44 and a half. And I would grand. like a little bit more so it can be a direct, <laughs> <enough> for you. <laughs> direct swap for Ella Roberts. I mean, that would be perfect. One of the, the forwards that we spoke a lot about last week about uh, saw hanging out at the game and actually got a photo with, that's not why I'm mentioning this, but just <laughs> dropping that in there, is uh, Katie Ashmore, <laughs> who didn't play last week. Do we think she's coming back? I can't actually remember why she didn't it's play. a calf injury, which is always a worry. Oh. Yeah, calves calves are not a good thing. You rarely see someone come back the next week with a with a big game after doing uh, That's Ellie McKenzie this season, basically. Yeah, geez. Okay, so she's probably ruled out, which is really interesting because when you look at the top seven or so, Antonio's ruled out, probably Ashmore's ruled out now. The the, the good thing about these is that we're going to know so many of the players that were out last weekend. We're going to know whether or not they're playing before lockout this week. So I think people just need to be really keen on teams because last week we had, obviously, Ellie McKenzie and Ashmore, as we are talking about. But at the bottom end, some of the rookies, we had Christina Bernardi dropped as well, which is the reason I copped a donut. But I think about 33% of coaches out there also had Amy Whelan go out with a fractured collarbone. Yeah, I think that one is a permanent mm. rest of the season. Yeah, poor thing. Yeah, I'd, I'd be watching teams if you have any of the other three. Yeah, absolutely. That's a key learning from last week. Pay attention to the team releases on a Friday night instead of being at a bar. <laughs> An underground one at that without internet. Maybe let's move on to some trade targets in the rookies here. Some good options. We've got Will, we've got one of your favourite players. Yes, Jolyn. Absolutely love Jolyn. Jolyn, Jolyn, Jolyn. Uh, Jolyn, good friend of mine. Not actually, but um, I love her work. Um, she had a fantastic game this week. Uh, scored a 72, lots of tackles, kicked a, a great goal as well. Uh, she looks like she's a good option if you're looking for a midfield uh, midfield target. 37000 It's a little bit more expensive than the basement ones but a break-even that is in the negatives, so likely to at least make a little bit of money. There's one other who we will talk about next, but I think there's very few options under 40k that can score a 70 now, and if that's something that she could put up, I don't mind it necessarily. But I think at this stage, we're probably looking for players not to play, but rather to just make a bit of money. And that's why I don't mind that 72 because it's just going to keep her breakout even fairly low for a couple of weeks. But there are a couple of other rookies that I'm sure we'll talk about and one that I think most people are looking to target this week. And I'll throw that one to you, Liam. Like, I, I think the, the player that we really want to talk about is um, Ruby Sergeant Wilson at Sydney. Yeah, and I think she's definitely the, the best option. I think Lynn's job security is not too bad. I think she should hold her spot for the next little bit. But I think the fact that Sergeant Wilson is playing Possibly as a centre bounce midfielder is a very attractive prospect for a rookie who's priced what four hundred less than that, four thousand rather, not four hundred, four thousand. So are you guys getting around this way? 
Sergeant Wilson, yes, I will probably trade Eastman to her, in fact, using my utility to get one Xavier, Xavier Dersma's sister, not Xavier Dersma, uh, Yasmin Dersma, <laughs> onto my field. Yeah, I think I'm bringing in Sergeant Wilson as well, and I'm probably going to put her straight on fields, to be honest. The fact that she played on the wing and scored really well is great, but uh, one of the things on Twitter that's been doing the rounds a little bit is Scott Gowan, Sydney coach, was saying that she is probably going to be playing in the middle next week. So I'm very excited for that. I think that's got some upside potential there. And she also had pushed Lauren Zaghetti out of the midfield rotation. Lauren Zaghetti spent a lot of the game out on the wing. I think another player who looked quite good that debuted this week was uh, Ella Bogue for Port Adelaide, playing similar to Sergeant Wilson, playing a bit of a, a wing role that looked fairly classy. Scored a 49, I believe. Um, so you'd think her job security will also be reasonably okay. Um, never know with these expansion teams, but she's another one that you could also look at. Nice. And Nadler? Who was keen on her? Was that you, John? Nelda. Yeah, I think she just deserves a mention because in the two weeks she's had the, you know, to shoulder the St Kilda ruck load, she's put up some great numbers. So 63 last week following up a, a 50 or 60 the week before. If Erin McKinnon is updated to be out for the rest of the season, then I might even start playing a, a rookie ruck again because she's looked fantastic and very consistent. That's a very interesting comment to make. Yeah, we've, we've really not <laughs> gone with a consistent ruck strategy. The really opposite ha- of a set and forget. <laughs> a flip and a flop. Erin McKinnon's either going to come back this week or next week with concussion protocols. I think she said she'd be out for two weeks. So, yeah, if for whatever reason, you know, since severe concussion or an injury at training or whatever it is, uh, keeps her out for the rest of the season and they let you not front, then she's an option. Otherwise, this is a very short-term play, so I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, nice. Uh, the other one on the list there, I think we had uh, Jenna Richardson, who came in and made her de- debut for the Hawks, uh, put up a 37, which isn't too bad. I think she's uh, put that up against West Coast in a you know very, very high-quality game of footy. A great game to watch. I, I don't know if I would necessarily be chasing that. To me, she seems like a Dersma in the sense that she's going to be there for the rest of the season and then put up these sort of serviceable numbers. Yeah, she's possibly like one of the last downgrade options, I suppose, if you do have someone on the bench that you're looking mm-hmm. to, to move down. Um, I don't think you're chasing her for the scoring. You're chasing her for the 5 to 10 grand that she might be able to make. Liam, do you want to run us through your captain's stuff, captain's calls? My top pick of Hatch up at 104. I had a top 10 a- average across the top 10 of 98 and a half, which would have been, I think, 12th overall score for the round, which we'll definitely take. And then coming into this week, look, I really can't go past uh, Ebony Marinoff for uh, for number one captain's call. I think this weekend's going to be a fascinating watch. Mm-hmm. Why so? Well, you've got the two Adelaide players coming against the two Fremantle midfield guns you're going to have them all playing in one big match i i think it's going to be hilarious to watch we, we could have 400 plus scores in a single game it's going to be amazing yeah true <laughs> so we've got a couple of listener questions here we've got an interesting question here from Lockie Maux. what's the priority order to trade these ones out skepper ewings Derek, and eastman oh uh might throw to you for that one will yeah so i traded out skepper last week so skepper was my first priority Eastman's my second priority. I think getting out Skepper's probably more important just because there's better midfield options to go for. Eastman's not putting up great scores, so she's next. 
between Ewings and Derek, I think it kind of comes down to whether you need a forward or a midfielder more. I would personally probably say um, Ewings than Derek, but I think if you are needing to go up to a big midfielder and your forward line's not too bad, if Ewings is sitting maybe at your, your four, maybe even your five, you can probably go Derek in the next couple of weeks. But for me, Skepper, Eastman, Ewings, Derek. Nice. Another interesting question from the Duke. I'd really like to trade a midfield rookie up to Bowers, although I have the loop and my team value is below par. Oh, poor thing. Uh, we can relate. Should I triple downgrade to get some more cash or do an upgrade to maximize points? What are your thoughts on Brazil in the forward role? Very interesting question on the triple downgrade. Uh, I've heard a few people be doing that over the last few weeks. Um, Jono, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think so. Brazil, I think we've talked about before. We're very, very hopeful. I think we're all happy to bring her in. Uh, but I think the rest of the other question, whether you downgrade or keep trying to upgrade as you can, with only four rounds left, I think unless your bench is an absolute disaster and you've got players missing and you're a chance to feel the donut, I would go keep upgrading because there's not much time left to, I suppose, get any value out of those rookies. So I would keep going up unless you're, I suppose, fixing an on-field rookie would be the other one. I think that the the main thing you, you should be thinking about here is for every dollar that you leave on the bench, there's a corresponding point value to that dollar. You can't afford to be banking on outperformance every single week from the players that you have. If you leave too much cash on your bench, you're near certain to score fewer points. I just don't think you can afford to do it. And a final question from Ryan. Question. <laughs> I currently have Sheeran D5 and Ballard on the bench. Would you keep Ballard and player and downgrade Sheeran? Who do we see scoring most next week and for the rest of the season? I'm assuming that's Abby Ballard. Alex Ballard? Alex. Alex Ballard. Well, we I have Sheeran and I'm planning on keeping Sheeran. Do you guys have Sheeran as well? 99 of the top 100 have her. And congrats to the person who's in the top 100 without her. That is impressive given what she's managed to yeah. do this year. And also uh, Rip Arino to Jono and I who can't look at the top 100 anymore and see our own trades because we have <laughs> fallen out. Uh I'm very happy to hold Sheeran. I think she's probably got the higher consistency. Ballard had a few down weeks a while back when Port Adelaide were winning, and they're going to win this week. So I think Sheeran's shown that she can score well against the better teams and the worst teams. She's given away a few free kicks. I think she had four against her on the weekend, which was the reason she went below 50. Beyond that, she's been very, very good. I think I'd be happy to keep running her. She's also a safe choice because you know that everyone else has her. So unless you're trying to catch up to the top 100, I I think holding her is the, the easy choice to make there. I think the other thing with that matchup, even just this week against West Coast, we saw what Eileen Gilroy was able to do as a running halfback. That, were, that looks like it's a really excellent scoring position. And I know that you know Hawthorne are, are hardly a difficult team to score against, but I would be very confident that Sheeran, Sheeran can go back to 60 I like it, and I agree. Now that we've run through the questions, it's time for that fantastic moment where we make up our trades on the spot. I'd just like to shout out myself for having fantastic trades last week and not doing them. And then this week, I will be tentatively, I've been chopping and changing the whole time we've been recording this pod, what I've got at this exact moment. Sagetti to Sargent, Mackenzie to Hall, and Eastman to Brazil. With my 2.6 grand left in the bank from two weeks ago, 
uh, which will really be necessary. I would have loved to go Mackenzie to Ghana and I was just essentially chopping everything around being able to afford that and I think it's at it's it's a bit too far of a stretch. I can make it work, but I have to sacrifice players that have still got a lot of potential and I'm not willing to do that for Ghana. What about you guys? Jono? Uh, well, look, I know it's been about three rounds since we started talking about it, but I'm looking forward to the moment we finally get you to say Brazil rather than Brazil. But Brazil? Nah, look. <laughs> we'll get there. Getting Brazil. names right is not my thing. <laughs> to me, it's a big green flag. <laughs> I'm thinking this round, I'm going to take Eastman over to Brazil. Uh, I'm going to take Maloney up, probably to a forward, I think, and replace her with Sergeant Wilson. And I'll try and bring in uh, Tyler Hanks from the D's. Nice. Will? Uh, NFI, to be completely honest. Um, probably Eastman to Sergeant Wilson, the Sarge. And from there, I'm... That's a D to really an F? stumped, to be completely honest. Yeah. Nice, okay. Defense, uh, defended to a midfielder. D- D to, D to, an, D to a midfielder. Oh, yes. I've got two defenders on my bench, so I can uh, swing Yaz Dersma to my field. Uh, I can move on one of my midfielders. I can move on Fuller. I'm not too sure yet. Damn, I just realised that my trades don't work because I forgot that Sergeant was a midfielder. Liam. <laughs> going to finally be able to do my... I said I was going to do it last week, didn't end up doing it. Bit me in the butt bring in the loophole, so get rid of Cambridge McCormick for Fleur Davies. That'll give me a little bit of cash to put on top of Keely Skepper, and I'll probably go sideways Eastman to Brazil. Well, we might leave it there. Thanks for listening to Free Keep the Fantasy W podcast. As always, you can find us wherever you find your podcasts. Warning alert for lockout is not as uh, dire this week again because we should have at least six teams worth of uh, players named. Or is it dire because that's what happened last week and then we have to swap around all our trades within the space of half an hour, so keep an eye out. Prioritise that over everything else in your life because otherwise you will hate yourself. I'm D. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> you can find me on uh, on Twitter at LMTom1. Not hating myself because I forgot my trades just because my team is bad. You can find me on Twitter at Odds and Stephen. And you can find me on Twitter at Lenina Effect FKW. Fantastic. That's your next week, guys. Good luck, See you. Bye. Bye.